My name is Dave Atkins, and I get the honor to uh, bring you the lesson this morning. Uh, my wife and I serve as the regional champions of the poor coordinators for Coastal LA. Uh, I'm not part of the ministry staff, which hopefully won't be too readily apparent as I preach. But it really is an honor to be able to, to speak this morning. And um, we're going to talk about, uh, as Steve mentioned, 12 baskets and my lesson is going to come from Mark chapter 6, the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. He read it in Luke. I'm going to, we're going to look at uh, Matthew, I mean, excuse me, Mark chapter 6 and look at it in some detail. You know, as champions of the poor, uh, we're really excited about how much has gone on this year in serving the community. And many of you guys have participated, and we're super grateful for everybody that's, that's been a part of that. Uh, but, you know, one of our goals as, uh, as champions of the poor is to help the church sort of expand what it means to be a disciple. Uh, you know, all of us know as be- being a disciple of Jesus means following Jesus, being a learner, being an imitator of Him. And to that end, we talk a lot about sharing our faith and seeking and saving the lost, because Jesus did that. Uh, we talk about having a relationship with God, of praying, of being in the discipling relationship, of helping one another be more like Jesus, of putting the kingdom first, of getting our priorities aligned, and really doing what God wants us to do. But you know, it also means serving the poor. It also means serving our community. Because when you look at the ministry of Jesus, that's what he did. He did a lot of serving the poor, and he did a lot of seeking and saving the lost. It wasn't one or the other, it was both. And if we're going to be disciples, we're going to be like Jesus, we need to share our faith, we need to study the Bible, but we also need to serve the poor. Amen? And I love this story of Jesus feeding the 5,000, because I really see those two aspects of Jesus' ministry coming together in this story. And we're going to look at that. So if you have your Bible, turn over to Mark chapter 6. We'll start in reading in verse 30. It says, The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going, they they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time it was late in the day, so the disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said. It's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, you give them something to eat. We'll stop there for a minute. You know, here's the picture. Jesus had sent his disciples out to go preach to the people, and they had come back and were reporting to him all that they had done. But as usually it is with Jesus, there was a large crowd. So Jesus said, hey, you know what, guys? Let's go somewhere else where we can kind of get some rest. We can have something to eat. And you guys can tell me in more detail what we're talking about. So let's get in this boat and go to a solitary place. So they got in the boat, they went to look for a place where they could be by themselves, but unfortunately people noticed that, and what happened, when they got to what they thought was a solitary place, there was a large crowd. You know, and I love Jesus, because instead of getting an attitude, which I might have been tempted to do, he had compassion on them. He said, because they were harassed and helpless. And so instead of sending them away and saying, you know what? We'll do this another time. He said, he says that the Bible says he began to teach them many things. You know, I don't know what all he taught. It doesn't say here. 
But I'm sure it was, you know, similar to what he's taught in other places. You know, maybe he told him a parable. Maybe he shared some thoughts that he did like the Sermon on the Mount. Maybe he, I'm sure he talked in some fashion about the kingdom of God. But the point is, is that he took care of them spiritually. He taught them many things. He taught them about God. He taught them about spiritual things. He met their spiritual needs. But then the disciples said, hey, it's, it's getting late in the day, Jesus. So you've been teaching here. These guys are getting filled up spiritually. We need to let them go so they can find something to eat. But what did Jesus do? He didn't say, you know, you're right. I've taken care of the spiritual thing. They need, they're on their own for food. No, he said, you know what? We're going to feed them. You give them something to eat. You know, my first point is the part where Jesus says, you give them something to eat. You know, what I thought about here was, you know, the apostles, they're looking at all these people and have no idea how we're going to feed them. So, well, let's just let them go on their own. But Jesus said, you know what? You can do something about it. See, Jesus had a vision for them beyond even what they had. You know, Jesus had a vision for what he could do in this situation and to make the disciples a part of it. You know, guys, Jesus has incredible vision for you. He believes you can do more than you think you can do. You know, we talk a lot about we've got to have faith in Jesus. You've got to believe in Jesus. You've got to believe he has power. You've got to believe, you know, in doing what he says. You've got to follow his teachings. And all that is true. But you know what's cool is Jesus also believes in us. He looks at us and he says, I can do so much through you if you let me use, if you use my power. The apostles had no idea what he was talking about. He said, you can feed these people. I've got the power. You, we can do it together. You know, uh, I really appreciate the church and the leadership giving us a service to really devote ourselves to hope uh, because of all the hope worldwide does. Uh, they do so many great things. Mary and I have, over the years, done a lot of stuff with hope. And on this point, I remember, you know, uh, at a Hope event, I remember Bob and Kat, Pat Gimple, who started Hope 20-some years ago. And I remember Pat sharing about um, the beginning of Hope. And they, they were elders in the Boston church, and, you know, they said, the church said, you know, we really got to do something, you know, serious about really serving the poor. And so, you know, they kind of gave Pat and, and Bob the assignment, you guys come up with some community service stuff or whatever and see what it goes, you know. So Pat shared, you know, we looked at it as like, you know, we'll do this for like six months, get some stuff going, and then, you know, we'll get back to what we were doing before. But out of that six month grew Hope Worldwide. And that thing has done so much more than I'm sure they even thought would happen, but so much more that's gone all over the world. They do things all over the world. We'll share, see some videos a little bit later that talk about that. But I'm sure even back in that time, when they first were given that assignment, they didn't have the vision for what God wanted to do, but God knew what he wanted to do through them. He has blessed it so much. And that's going to be the theme, is that God can take whatever we have and do so much more with it. You know, I think we understand this when it comes to the gospel. We understand as disciples that God's plan is what? He's going to use us to evangelize the world. He's going to work in our lives as men and women to get impacted by the scriptures, by, by becoming Christians, and going out and sharing to our friends and helping them become Christians. That's God's plan to evangelize the world, amen? He's going to use us. We are part of the plan. I think it's the same type of a concept with helping the community. We're still the plan that God wants to use. He's not going to use all this stuff. He's going to use us as disciples, getting our hearts the way Jesus was. We're going to be the ones that go out in our neighborhood, share our faith, yes, but also serve the community. We are the plan to really help feed the hungry and feed the community. Amen?
Back in Mark chapter 6, he says, you give them something to eat. Now, the disciples were full of faith. They understood everything he was talking about and were excited about the chance to be used, right? No, it says, they said to him, that would take eight months of, of a man's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? But Jesus said, how many loaves do you have? He asked, go and see. When they found out, they said, five and two fish. You know, the disciples were like, you know how much that's going to cost? I mean, seriously. You know, that's a lot of money to feed all these people. You know, it's interesting to me that Jesus says, how many loaves do you have? It's interesting that, you know, the disciples, what did they look at? They looked at how many people are were to feed. They looked at the need. They looked at, you know, there's, five, there's probably 5,000 people here, or poor, and I mean counting the men and women. What about teens? I mean, come on, those guys eat like horses. You know, there's no way we can feed these people. They looked at how much there was to do. They looked at how much of the need there was out there. You know, Jesus didn't look at that. I get the impression that Jesus was, wasn't even concerned with how many people were out there that needed to be fed because he knew he had the power of God and no matter what was out there, he could take care of it through God's power. He wasn't concerned with how big the need was because he knew God had more than enough power to take care of what it was. What he was concerned about is what do we have? What do I have to work with here. What kind of faith, what kind of heart do I have in these disciples that I got to work with to multiply? He said, I got five loaves, I got two fish. Hey Amen. I can do a lot with that. That's how Jesus thought. You know, think about it. We know the scripture about faith. If you have a mustard seed of faith, you can move mountains. Doesn't matter how big the mountain you need to move is. What Jesus wants to know is how much faith do you have that I can use? I think it's, I think it's uh, with intent that the Bible talks about the number of fish and the number of lobe it has. Because I think Jesus was trying to teach these disciples, we only have five and we're going to feed 5,000 plus. Look over at a couple of chapters later in Mark 8. I think he... He says this. He's talking to him about um, the yeast of the Pharisees. And that's another lesson. But I wanted to share, I wanted to read in, in Mark chapter 8 and verse 17 when Jesus talked to them. Listen to what he says. He says, Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, Why are you still talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes? but fail to see, and ears, but fail to hear. And don't you remember? When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many basketfuls of people did you pick up? Pieces did you pick up? Twelve, they replied. And when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? They answered, seven. He said to them, still, do you still not understand? See, Jesus remembered the number of loaves that he had to work with. And he told these guys, you remember when I only had five, and look what we fed. I only had seven another time, and look what we fed. I don't need very much to make God's power blow you away. I need a little bit, but you need to let me work in your heart and in your life. That's a question 
But we've got to ask ourselves today, how much do we have that God can work with? You know, Jesus is all about taking little and turning it into huge amounts. You know, and you think about, you know, we talk about, you know, serving the community, and, you know, all of us are busy. You know, we got all kinds of stuff. You know, we got kids, we got activities, we got work, we got church, we got this, we got that. You know, Mary and I had four kids with activities. I know, I'm with you 100%. We look at all that needs to be done out there. You know, you hear the numbers about how many homeless and things like that. And it can get overwhelming if we're like the disciples and we look at the need. But we need to be like Jesus and look at what do I have? What little bit can I do? What little thing can I do today to help someone in need and then trust that that little bit, God will take, just like Jesus took those loaves, and multiply the impact incredibly. That's what he's trying to teach here, I believe. Each of us has a little something we can do for the poor. doesn't matter how big it is. A little something. The question is, are you going to let your heart do what little you have and let God work with it? Amen? Back in Mark chapter 6, back to our story. Jesus says, how many loaves do you have? They went out and they said, you know, five and two fish. Then in verse 39, Jesus then directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven. He gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples to set before the people. He also divided the two fish among them. Stop there for a minute. You know, I love Jesus. How he steps in in leadership and takes direction. He says, how many fish we got? How many loaves we got? Okay, we got, we got five loaves, we got two fish. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Okay, Peter, John, you guys, start numbering people off, sit them down. Went groups of 50, groups of 100. Get those guys organized, set them down, come back here. I'm going to bless the food. I'm going to perform a miracle. We're going to start feeding these people. I mean, Jesus takes charge. Don't you love that? I'm going to pick on Peter for a minute because I'm thinking Peter might say, come back and say, okay, Jesus, everybody's sitting down ready to go. You know, how are we going to do this? You know, buffet style, sort of a big, you know, a big, uh, big glob here and let them all run. You know, that guy looks a little dicey, you know, when you watch him. Jesus says, you know what we're going to do? You're going to serve them. You're going to take the food to them. I think this is a huge point. Because I think there's something about serving the poor that we need to get personally involved in. And I think that's what Jesus was doing here. He was telling the disciples, I want you to get personally involved in serving these people. Hold your finger there. I like the, the way it says it in Matthew chapter 14, parallel passage, same story that Jesus feeding the 5,000. But in Matthew 14, in verse 19... I want to just read that one verse, this part. It says, And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Now listen to this. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. See, Jesus had the disciples personally take the food and give it to the groups, give it to the people. I want you to be servants. You know, I think this is... I think there was a reason Jesus did this. I think there were a couple different reasons that Jesus did this for the disciples. And I think one of them was, you know, he wanted to teach them to be servants. 
you know, we know these guys had some pride issues, right? I mean, you know, not too long later, they're arguing over who's going to be, you know, on the right hand, the left hand of God. They even got their mother working for them. You know, they got some issues. You know, Jesus is always telling them, look, don't lord it over one another. First will be last. First will be last, okay? You know, he's telling that over and over again. You know, if you want to be a leader, you've got to be a servant. You know, he's telling these guys all the time because these guys probably had some, you know, leadership issues. Jesus says, you know, it's going to be good for you guys to get in there and serve these people. You know, and I've never been a waiter, but, you know, they've got 5,000 people. There's probably some people in there that might have been rude, you know. Who knows, you know. Dude, a heel, please. You know, I need more than a heel. You know, or, you know, this fish is not boned correctly. Can you take this back, you know? You know or maybe somebody's like, uh, can I see the gluten-free menu here, please? Um, you know, they may have had some issues like that, who knows? But Jesus said, you know, it's going to be good for you to get out and serve these people yourselves. It's going to teach you what I'm talking about, about being a servant. I think also Jesus could have used it to really help them get in touch with really seeing people in need. You know, it's one thing to look from a distance and see people who are hungry. It's another thing to get up close within a hand's breadth and hand them food. You know, and I don't know, back in those days there was, you know, a lot of poverty, so there were probably a lot of these people had never really had a good meal for a while. You know, so Peter and John, the apostles, they're probably getting right next, and they're looking, man, this guy's really skinny. <laughs> well, there's, I can see the hunger in this kid's eyes. Here, here. You know, getting close really changes your view and your vision of what it is. I think the other thing Jesus was doing here was he wanted them also to experience the gratitude of these people. You know, because you know, there may have been a few rude ones, but I, I bet most of them were like, you know, thank you very much. You know, I, I haven't really had something to eat for a couple of days. I really appreciate, you know, this fish and this bread. I really thank you. You know, brothers and sisters, there's something about when you help someone and they look at you and they say, thank you. I really needed that. I really appreciate you doing that. The feeling you get of gratification, of satisfaction, of helping someone in need is unbelievable. And see, Jesus, I think, wanted his disciples to feel that. He wanted them to feel the people saying thank you for serving us. Thank you for helping us, because that motivates us. You know, personal involvement is huge. And I think that's what Jesus was trying to teach these guys about really being personally involved. You know, I want to share about my son, Ryan Brett, our oldest. Now, you know, most of you know, Mary and I have a blended family, so it's Ryan Brett Weekly. I have a Ryan David Atkins, two different boys. Uh, But our older son, Ryan Brett Weekly, I really want to talk about him you know, growing up, he was, uh, in high school, he was a musician. He's a great musician. Plays the trumpet, plays the piano, you know, helps lead worship songs, you know, all that kind of good stuff. And all through high school, it was all music. He was in the marching band. He was in the jazz band. He was in the drum line. He was in honor bands. I mean, it was, you know, we went to all kinds of music things. When he went to college, he went to college at UNR in Nevada, where we were, and he majored in music education. And his dream was to become a high school band teacher. Amen. You know? (laughs) You know, no doctor, no lawyer. Let's not go that way. No, let's go for the high school band teacher. Amen. You know? But he loved it. That's what he wanted to do. Amen. 
You know, we're behind our kids, right? Amen. Whatever. Uh, don't worry about our retirement. You know, whatever you want to do. So for the first two years, he majored in music education. Was in the, actually was in the, the UNR marching band, you know, the football games and all that kind of good stuff. Summer of 2006, he went to Hope Youth Corps and was part of Hope Youth Corps in Jamaica. He went there for like 10 days or two weeks and uh, served the poor there, served an orphanage. And he came back and his, there you see the picture, little Akeem, he came back changed. It literally changed his life. I don't say that hyperbole. It literally changed his life. He came back and he said, Mom, Dad, I don't want to be a high school band teacher anymore. I want to change my major to social work. I want to help people. You know what? Me, Mr., you know, semi-spiritual, whatever, said, okay, that's good, you know, amen, but, you know, sure you want to do that? I mean, all these years you've been wanting to be music, you know, he goes, no, I really want to do that. So he did. Changed his major, majored in social work. On his own, he went out and looked for opportunities to serve. He volunteered for an organization called the Notables that teach people with disabilities music. So he taught these people and put on concerts. He looked up big brothers and big sisters. He became a big brother. He was a big brother for this little kid, looks just like him, for like two years before he moved to Orange County. did a bunch of other things. But what it did was it totally changed his life because he got personally involved with the COPE work in Jamaica. You know, I want you guys to get personally involved. It doesn't mean you're going to end up, you know, changing your major to social work. It might. (laughs) You know, who knows? But I can't stress enough, guys, You've got to get personally involved. It changes your perspective. It changes how you look at things. And it, and it will motivate you. You know, Ryan finished up his degree. He got a degree in social work. He actually did want to go to law school. And he wanted to, you know, work on social issues. Uh, but God had a different plan, so he ended up going into the ministry. So now he leads the teens with his wife in Orange County, which is awesome. Again, not making much money, but amen, you know. Serving the Lord. Amen. Uh, I'm going to get off that point. Uh, I need to pray for that. <laughs> but I'm so proud of him because he, it really did change his whole life. And it was because he got personally involved with hope and he got impacted. You know, I want to finish up back in Mark, the story. Back in Mark chapter 6. Jesus had them all organized. He had the disciples hand out the food. And then it says in verse uh, 42, they all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of men who had eaten was 5,000. You know, I love that part where it says they all ate and were satisfied. You know what's awesome is that when God gets involved, when God blesses things, he doesn't do it halfway, does he? He just flat out abundantly comes in and blesses people. You know, these 5,000, it says they all ate. There was 5,000 men. That's a lot. You know, and there's, I'm sure, there was women and children and teens. Uh, you know, so, but they were all ate and were satisfied. I mean, that was an incredible miracle. It wasn't like, you know, they, they had to ration the food. It wasn't like, okay, you get, you know, a slice here, half a fish. Don't, you know, wait, that's not enough. That's too much. Got to get somebody else. No, they didn't have to ration the food out. They all got to eat all they wanted until they were satisfied 
And not even that, there was like 12 basketfuls left over. God will bless us way more than we expect. He is so awesome. He will bless us abundantly. He has already blessed the things that we've tried to do this year in the community service. But you know what? God has a way more in store. We can do way more than that. You know, I appreciate the, the contribution we're going to take up in, in just a few minutes for, for hope. You know, the goal was, you know, $1 a, uh, a, a week, right? For 52 weeks, $52 a member. I don't do math in my head real well. Um, that's not that much. You know, if I buy a soda at, at work, it's like $1.75. Okay, that's another issue, but that's, you know, that's a lot. But, you know, $1 a week is not that much. But what, what's awesome is that God is able to take whatever we give and multiply it and do it unbelievable things with it. The things that Hope does all over the world through these donations is incredible. The number of people that are impacted, the number of lives that are changed are very real things that happen. And it's God working. You know, so as we close out here, whatever you give today, God's going to bless and multiply. You know, but please give even a little bit, you know. Uh, like I said, a little doesn't matter to Jesus. He can do a lot with a little, but he just wants you to give whatever you can. And let him multiply. You know, as I want to lead into communion real quick, when I think about how abundantly God blesses us, uh, that leads right into the cross, doesn't it? It humbles me when I really think about how much God has blessed me and how abundantly He has blessed my life. And it's because of the sacrifice of Jesus. You know, you can put the word abundant next to all of your sins, right? I can next to mine. I had abundant sins. But God forgave all of them. He doesn't even look at me as a sinner anymore because of the blood of Jesus. You know, and as we take the communion right now, I want you to think about how abundantly God has blessed your life spiritually. How He has forgiven you of all your sins and how He has given you tremendous body of believers to be a part of. He's given you a purpose to your life. He's given you so many great friendships, so many great relationships. He's given you the opportunity to serve people in a really meaningful way, spiritually and physically. You know, that is all because of the cross. All because Jesus said, I love you and I'm going to die for you. And because of that, we have the opportunity to be forgiven. Amen. Let's pray as we take up the we take communion. God, I thank you so much for how much you love us and how much you blessed us. Father, if we take this time right now to uh, remember your son on the cross, I'm so grateful for you personally forgiving me of all the things that I've done. And instead of uh, punishing me, God, you've blessed me tremendously with my family, with the church, with so many great things. Uh, God, help us to realize uh, how abundantly you really have blessed us as Christians. And help that gratitude to motivate us in our everyday lives to serve you with all of our heart in whatever way you call us to. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his sacrifice. We pray this through his name. Amen.